Welcome, welcome to a very special episode of the Kitman Show. It's Monday, so we had to do a special Champion League, a Champions League episode. We had to go all the way across the pond to London, England, to bring in a very special guest. He was on BR Football Ranks. Now he's the producer of Ranks FC. It's the one, the only rank god, Sam Ty. Sam, how are you doing? I'm good, boys. I'm good. Nice to join you. Nice to meet you. How are you? We're excellent. We're excellent. We're excited to have you. Doing great. Doing great. And, of course, as always, on my left, I have Dillette. Hi, guys. Doing great today. On my right, Josh. What's up? And all the way in Colorado, Owen. Howdy-ho. All right. And we ranked our top ten teams in the Champions League. So, tenth at the bottom of the list, we have Atletico Madrid. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Is that a right ranking for them? Should they be a little higher, or do you think they shouldn't be in the list at all? Well, I think it was a battle between a couple of teams for that 10th spot, really. United, Sevilla, I had 10. But I don't know if Atletico is really much better than United. Or I think they're better, but I don't know if they have the performers that United has. Yeah. Because we've seen Rashford perform. I mean, Rashford, Rashford likes to perform in the Champions League especially. Yeah. I, I don't know if... I, I feel like it's too low. We have to give them credit for beating Liverpool. I mean, Diego Simeone masterclass of just parking the bus and then counter-attacking. Sam, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's a bit low. I mean, when I put my top 10 together, I had them in 8th, I think. Yes. Um, and I'll disclaimer this by saying that I have faith in very, very few teams in the Champions League right now. Um, it's very difficult to believe in a lot of these top teams because of the strange starts of the season. Uh, but Atletico, I had a little bit higher. 10th might be a bit harsh. I think like, I trust them to get a result through the group stages. Uh, I worry that right at the end of the competition, into the last eight, the strategy that Simeone employs probably no longer works anymore. Might be a little bit archaic. But I'm still backing them to get to like the round of 16 or even the quarterfinals. And if that's the case, then they are a top 10 team. I had them eighth. Uh, I think you guys have been super harsh. That's fair. I mean, I, I, I do like them. I think I had them eighth. Yeah, I had them eighth. So that's on Josh and Dillette. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's hard watching that clash with Bayern. That's fair. Um, yeah, they were awful. They were awful. Fair enough. I mean, look, I think a lot of these, a lot of the teams that we discussed here, 10, 9, 8, 7, into 6 or whatever, they're all, over the last few months, going to have had a bad result. Because no, like very few teams right now feel like they have, their, they have everything in order. And they feel formidable. True. That's true. I mean, we've seen a lot of teams like in in their own leagues, get off to super slow starts, especially in the Premier League. Like, the big six teams haven't come out roaring as we expected them to. There's been a lot of inconsistency lately. You know, like, a lot of teams are doing well, a lot of teams aren't doing well. You know, it's it keeps changing, and that's at least makes it entertaining to watch. That's true. You never know who's going to win now. Yeah. The reason I had Atletico a little bit lower than maybe they should be is that I kind of ranked it not really off of how high I think they progress, but, like, their chances of winning the entire competition... And I think they are going to progress, like, pretty far. Top 16, top 8. But I just can't see them winning it, like, at all. And I think that the other teams I put higher, they have, like, a better shot of winning it. Like, That's I, fair. I could see them, you know, performing in the, in the big stages. That's fair. Um, ninth on our list was Chelsea. Uh, I feel like they're definitely a better team than United. United didn't make this list at all. But... I don't know. What are y'all's thoughts again? I definitely think Chelsea's a uh, better team than uh, United. That's coming from a United fan. Um, 
And I, I think, agree with Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think if Mindy keeps his, you know, I think he's doing really well right now. Obviously, we haven't seen enough of him, but I think if he stays, you know, solid in the back, I think they'll be a formidable team for sure. Very true. Um, moving up the list even further, we have Juventus in seventh. Um, is that a bit harsh considering they have Cristiano Ronaldo? Sam? Uh, I'm struggling with Juve, same as I'm struggling with Chelsea right now. I didn't have Chelsea in my top ten. Maybe in a month's time, if they carry on as they have been in the last couple of couple of games. If, you, if we did this again in a month's time, I'd have a bit more faith in Chelsea. Um, ultimately... It looks like they may have stumbled across something that works, but I don't think 20 minutes against Krasnodar and one game against Burnley is going to convince me to put them high in the There's no disrespect to them. I just need to see a bigger sample size. I need to, play, I need to see them play a proper team, put them under some pressure, see how it holds up. Absolutely. And with Juve, I have similar issues. And I also just haven't really seen, in a way that Chelsea have offered me a, about 110 minutes worth of football to latch onto, Juve has given me absolutely nothing to believe in. Genuinely, I just I struggled with them a lot because Pirlo has been playing a lot of players out of position, chopping and changing a lot. But it's going to be a theme for this, but coronavirus has obviously taken Cristiano Ronaldo off him for a few games and comes back against Spezia and look what he does. So it's a, it's a problem and it's one you can't avoid. But until Pirlo shows me that he, he's got a good grasp on this team, the defence and the midfield in particular, I would not back them to make waves in this competition beyond maybe like you know, like round of 16 or something. Like, I just I just haven't seen it. And part of this exercise is, what can you put your faith in? What, what do you believe in? And as you ask me right now, like, I look at I look at Juve and I just shrug my shoulders. That's fair. Um, I have a bone to pick with Dillette. We had a, while we were making these lists the other day, me and Dillette got into a heated argument about how big the impact of Cristiano Ronaldo will have. Because, Dillette, you have yeah. Juventus very high up. I had him fit. I mean, I guess that's not very high up. I still think they have a, they could have been higher than fifth anyways. But, I mean, Sam, you are saying you have to think about what you believe in. And Cristiano Ronaldo is a player that you can't disregard in a Champions League competition. So I, I think that, like, him alone, you have to really take into account whenever doing these rankings. Just because he's carried for years upon years in the Champions League and performed on that big stage. I get you, but you know, last couple, last couple of years, like they've fallen short of what you'd probably expect from them. And Ronaldo has, has always shown up. You're right, but he's he also can't carry it all himself. So you need to look at those other guys and be like, do I have faith in you? And look, personnel-wise, absolutely, it's Pirlo I have I have the problem with right now, and about and about how he puts this team together. And the questions like, oh, can they win the Champions League? Like, look, that's so many months away. There's so much time for Pirlo to figure this out. But right now, he hasn't got it figured out, so I had to put them a bit lower than you. But I understand, like, in terms of personnel power and quality, they're absolutely top five. Hmm. Do, you, do you think Pirlo's the right man for this job to win the Champions League with Juventus, or do you think they could have brought in a different manager? I mean, he's probably not the right man, no. But I can only say probably, because he's only got, what, two months of management under his belt. Anyone making like long-term predictions on Pirlo, I think he's just guessing. Just the same as anybody who, when he was appointed, were like, oh, this is going to be great. Or 
conversely, this is going to be terrible. It's also just a complete guess. We, we don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Were you sat with Pirlo? Were you sat with Pirlo when he did his exams uh, to pass his coaching badges? No, you weren't. Um, so we're just, we're just guessing and projecting. I mean, obviously, it's fine to be like, oh, he was a, an incredible midfielder. Like, he, he understands the game. He should have a good grasp of tactics. He should. But I don't know if he does or not, right? That's true. Yeah, the way, it's, he's, it's, the way he's positionally managing some of these players is super questionable. Mm-hmm. It's not the same, you know. You know, a great player doesn't make a great coach. Yeah. I mean, you know, and a great coach doesn't make a great player. It's you know, it's it's not the same thing. Pirlo's one of those guys that you would expect. Know. Yeah, that you would expect to be a good coach. But I don't know. Coaching is a lot more than just understanding the game. That's fair. It's understanding players as well. Yeah. Moving along with our list, next up we had Real Madrid. Is that too harsh or fair considering how they've performed in the Champions League? I mean, they sit second in La Liga. I think that's a bit harsh on them. You think it's harsh? Personally, I had them third, but that's a bit biased. I'm a little bit of a fanboy for Real Madrid. But I still think they have a, a much better squad than a lot of the other teams on this list. And, I mean, we had, I guess I'll spoil it a little bit, we had Barcelona in sixth. And, I mean, we just saw them, I wouldn't say demolished, but they dominated in the El Clasico like two weeks ago. So I think it would be a bit weird to have them hide. Yeah, I've got Madrid. I have Madrid in four. I think this is. I think this is harsh. I just hard to beat, man. for for me, I had them ninth place because of like the concerns within the team itself. You have Benzema telling players not to pass to Vinicius, <laughs> swearing on his own mother. So that's what it was for me. I agree. Um... I mean, I mean it, yeah, that's not good. It's not a good situation at all. Yeah, the Champions League is months and months away. I feel like they will hopefully be able to kind of smoothen over the cracks in the team. They definitely, they definitely have the quality yeah, to do well. The quality's all there. And Eden has it back now. Depth. Hard to be. Really hard to be. Yeah. And that's not something you can say about most of these teams. <laughs> Very true. Fifth on our list, we had Inter Milan. I quite like Inter Milan, personally. I think they're a pretty good team. This is exactly where I had them in my list. This is the first time we've actually lined up in terms of the overall the overall contribution and where I've got them. They do still confuse me a bit, because I still don't, still don't really know what, like, uh, this is the first time I've ever been able to say this, but I actually don't know what their identity is as a team. And I've always been able to say, with an Antonio Conte side, what their identity is. And what their what their kind of like their their typical mode is, and Inter feel really confused right now. Although it's another case of like the coronavirus kind of wrecking through some of the plans. Just as they were going to get Hakimi involved, he goes down and things like that. So I think there's a there's a lot to come from Inter that we haven't already seen. And player for player, and in terms of what the manager can achieve, this is about right for them. Fit that they they are potentially Serie A title winners this season, and maybe something else in the Champions League as well. Like they have. They have a lot of room to grow and a very, very high ceiling. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yep. They have good manager, good team, and they have the time to really like make everything work perfectly. I, I think bringing in Lukaku and Christian Eriksen was so huge for that team. I mean, like in the past two years since that, or in the past year and a half or so since that signing, they've gotten so much better. Yeah, Lukaku Lataro, incredible combination. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, what my my concern here is that Antonio Conte just doesn't 
for some reason, it just doesn't happen for him in Europe. I don't know if he deprioritizes it or not, or if his schedule doesn't really work for you know a game every three days or something. But more often than not, Conte's teams disappoint in Europe, and they they blitz the league and they screw it up on the continent. And I've never really been able to explain that, but it's a definite trend I've noticed, and that probably prevented me from putting them a little bit higher, to be honest, because I'm just not quite sure it's not quite sure I'm ready to trust them yet. But the same issue I've had with all of the teams we talked about so far: mm-hmm. is can I trust them? The answer is no. I mean, like, aside from one team in particular, Bayern Munich, all the teams, you can poke holes in, like, different parts of their play, like City and Liverpool, you're concerned about their defense, I mean, Barca, Juve, Atletico, and Real, you just don't know where they stand, really, I mean, they have either internal issues or some, some something, it's something or the other with most of these teams. Yeah. Um... Next up on our list, we had uh, PSG. So, is it tie? Oh, was it a tie? Yeah. Oh, yes, it's a tie between Inter and PSG. So, I think PSG. This might have been a little bit high for them. I think, personally. I mean, I had them fourth, but that's just because the I, no, no one else is good, really. I mean, below them, I I, I think they I think they beat the teams below them. I think it's a bit. I think it's a bit high. I, don't, I think I had a bit sick. Um, but I've been really like the last couple of times I've seen them play, I've been like really disappointed. But I keep having to remind myself that ultimately, like they've got quite a lot of injuries at the moment. The last game I saw them play in the Champions League, like there was no Verratti. Neymar went off after like 25 minutes. It was a dead performance. Mm-hmm. But they're lacking so much creativity that, and that's because of injuries, that it's really hard to hold it against them. It's such a weird start to the season. Of all teams, really, I feel like they've been most affected by the strange circumstances and the delays and the start times and all these things. And I find them probably the most difficult to gauge because on one hand, you've got Neymar and Mbappe, who I think are two of the world's five best players um, as difference makers in the right positions. And then on the other hand, you're like, well, your fullbacks are rubbish. You've lost Thiago and Silva, your leader. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much that Kaelin Avax can really do in goal if you subject him to too much pressure. And... I find it really hard to figure out exactly how good PSG are because those are two such conflicting statements. Whereas like two incredible players and then some others. Hey. And there's no there's no greater disparity in this list of all the teams that we talk about. Everyone else is so much more even throughout the team. And PSG are so up and down from from the from the position groups that I do genuinely think it's like every ninety minutes we're gonna see a wildly different PSG. And it's up to the gods, really, to see exactly how they get through that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, we saw them lose to United, and United lost to Arsenal, and United have had a lot of defensive problems lately. And Paris based their winnings off of, off their attack, and they weren't able to put two past United. So I, I think that was part of the concern for me as well. I think it'll be similar to their run in the Champions League last year. Because you think they get all the way... That, you think they run the that deep? Yeah, no, I'm saying in the way that they didn't have, like, insane competition leading up to, like, their... Up until, like, the top four games. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 Uh, they got, like... Compared to some of the other teams, they had, like, pretty easy draws in the in the knockout rounds. And I think it'll be similar this year because we saw them struggle a lot against United. So I think if they play another team that can sit deep and defend well, like, if they get matched up at, with, like, Atletico in the round of 16... I could see them really struggle to make it out of that one. That's fair. Um, 
third up on the list. I think they should have been second, but Dillette screwed me over with this and his list. Um, third, Manchester City. So I want to ask Dillette, why did you have them so low? Because you had them ranked seventh on yeah, your list. I had them seventh. I just think that uh, Manchester City are, are a really good league-winning squad. I don't know if they have the right squad to win the Champions League. Seventh might be a bit too harsh, but it's also the same thing with why I have other teams high. So I see them winning the competition. I don't really see City winning the competition. I see them progressing well, but they just don't seem to have that. I guess with the Guerrero's return, they might have it now, but they didn't seem to have that like final pu- like push that they needed to break through. That to, like, killer instinct to kind of just yeah. you know clutch up. Yeah, those... they didn't have any clutch performers. Yeah. City are tough, guys. City are tough again. Like injuries, system changes, the Guardiola conversation. I had them third. I think this is about right, and that's basically because they have so much squad quality on paper that you find it really hard to believe that they can't achieve at least a quarterfinal berth. And it's about getting over the getting over the edge, isn't it? And, and taking that one step further. And I don't know if they can. It's always the, it's always the same question. I don't know if they can, but um, some coherency would be quite nice to see. You know, some. Um, some, some structures in what in what they do, some some consistency to what to, to how they play and to how they line up. And if Jao Cancelo could pick a position, that'd be cool. If Aguero could get fit, that'd be cool. Like all these different things need to fall into play before I can really say that City are a true contender. Um, and again, that speaks volumes of the field because I've got them in third, and I genuinely don't think Man City are capable of winning the Champions League in their current form. Yeah, I mean, I'm a City fan, and I I think our our run against Tottenham when we lost that two, two, two seasons ago, I think that was our best chance we could have had. I mean, Leon, yes, Sterling missed, and then we gave up a goal as soon as we as soon as soon Leon came on the attack. But, like, I don't know. It's just hard to see City winning the Champions League right now. I mean... I mean, but it's in months and months away. It's months and months yeah. away, but... Obviously, right now, they're kind of struggling to create and score, but I don't know if that'll be a continuous problem. I think Ruben Diaz was a great signing. We've been pretty solid at the back. I mean, we, we haven't faced like a tough, tough attacking team, but I mean, I feel safe when I see other teams attacking instead Actually, of having like Nicholas Otamendi in the back. There was the Leicester game. We didn't have Ruben Diaz. We don't talk about that. That, that, was, that, was, pre, that was pre-Diaz era. <laughs> we, we don't we'll talk stay about with that. Like, it's, like, it's obviously a problem when you can see that many goals and it's embarrassing when they go in like that, but it's three penalties, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, you could probably run that off as a bit of an aberration. Like, how many games do you give away three penalties in? Like, your, your players will never be that collectively stupid in another 90-minute period ever again. It's Nicholas Otamendi. No, we didn't have Otamendi for that game. I, I blame that game on Ben Mendy. I mean, look, Mendy, Eric Garcia, they all made mistakes, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're human. But Pep, Pep can't do anything about that. No, you know, he, he gets can't. pressured in the press office. Like, so how did that happen? He's like, well, it's not my fault, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, there's just concerns about City. I know you guys talked about it on your podcast, uh, Ranks FC, but do you see Pep staying for this season? Well, Dean's usually the right person to ask about that, but um, I think if you had to, if I was to push Dean on that question, who's our insider, uh, I think he would say that, yeah, he probably does stay. Um, I'd say he'd edge towards staying and City are definitely definitely trying to get this over the line as quickly as possible because they know that there's so many other different things that need to fall into place and 
this is the first big domino. And once this is settled, player futures start to get settled, recruitment plans for January and the summer get settled. To have a manager in this situation, in a, you know, with contracts expiring and not committing, is not ideal, and they're very, very aware of it. Um, I think also City will be pretty terrified of the idea of having to replace Pep Guardiola uh, for as, as flawed as he has been in certain ways. Great in so many, but flawed in some. Who do you hire to replace him? Like, there, there have been well, talks about Pochettino, but I, I don't think he's the right manager for it. There's only like three managers, really, that could probably handle this task. And Pochettino is one of them. Whether or not he's quite the right fit, you are going to be picking from like quite a small bucket. That's true. Because of the calibre of manager that they would they would pick. Jack and Dean on our podcast were talking about Brendan Rodgers. I think that's a terrible idea. Um, I never said that to them at the time. But um, I, don't think, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Brendan Rodgers is... Uh, it's something about his personality and his, um, his abrasiveness. His Mourinho-esque character, in a way, I think would be, would be really rough for that job. And I think Pochettino or, or like Nagelsmann or something from Leipzig would be, would be a much better look uh, for City. But I don't envy the person who may have to make that decision. Let's all hope that he, he doesn't. That's fair. Um, second on our list, runners-up, is what we've found, Liverpool. Um, I, I think, you know, that's pretty fair for me. It was between Liverpool and City. I, I had Liverpool third, and that was just because Van Dijk is out, uh, Fabinho's out, and Matip's out. But Matip comes back in about three weeks or so, I believe. So, Sam, are, are you concerned about their defense, or do you think it's a pretty safe bet it's going to be Liverpool in the final? Well, I mean, look, again, we've said it a, many, we've said it a few times here. There's a lot of football to be played. Uh, between now and what would be the final. And I could just point to a, uh, an example that you will be very familiar with, guys. It's um, when Man United drew PSG the first time in the round of 16. And when the draw was made in December, Man United were an absolute mess and PSG were on fire. And everyone was predicting four, five, six nil wins. And then by the time February rolled around for the actual game itself, everything had just turned on its head and United ended up winning. So if, so if that can happen between December and February, what can happen between November and June? Um, Quite a lot, I would argue. So, not too worried about those kind of projections. But I just put Liverpool here because as, as damaged as they feel um, and as underwhelming as they've been a little bit at times this season, you can't deny that they just win. They, they do. just win Absolutely. games. They like, always find a way. Yeah. They've won four in a row. They're top of the league. 16 points from seven. They're projecting for like 80, 90 points again. We've been spoiled by the... Um, relentlessness of both Liverpool and City over the last three years and the perfection that both of these teams have achieved at times. And it's tricked us into thinking that Liverpool are playing badly. It's, they're not. Well, yeah. I'm just looking at the table, they have conceded 15 goals, which is actually kind of funny. Um, but of course, seven in one game. But they've got the league's worst defensive record, which is, uh, I guess, tying into it all. But they're fine. They just, they just win. They win. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always like an 80th minute winner. We saw that last season too when they were... Uh, making that run for the title, they were just, like, gr- grinding out wins. Like, m- they weren't always clear-cut victories. They were, like, I remember Robertson had a header one game to win it. And, it was against Villa. Yeah, in, in the closing minutes as well. And, I mean, as long as they find a way, that's all that matters. I think they're, they're able just... to make up for what they lack in defense now for what they got up top. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think now that, like, even before, they would probably still be second or first with Van Dyke, and now that Van Dyke's out for the season, I think it's just funny how they're still basically in the same position. 
Like, there's really no competition outside of them and Bayern. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, I mean, I feel like we're, whenever we slander Liverpool, we kind of forget that they still have the best attack in the world outside of having Van Dyke as, like, one of the best defenders, or, like, the best defender right now. Uh, That's fair. And then, first, on all of our lists, we had Bayern Munich. And, I yeah. mean... Seems pretty fair, right? Yeah. Any champions, Trevor winners? I, I don't think there's any arguments. I, I, I definitely see a back-to-back Champions League win. Just so consistent. They're so solid. They're solid. I mean, they're good everywhere. And they signed Sané. And they signed Sané. We, we haven't even seen Sané in the Champions League uh, knockout stages yet. And they were terrifying without him last year. So I, I, yeah, they, I think they, they took last year's performance, which was amazing, and then they added Leroy Sané to it. It doesn't feel fair sometimes, does it? <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> just, it's just so much pace. Yeah, it's so quick. They're so disciplined. They're so good at the, the nuts and bolts as well as the, 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 sort of the more kind of like... The more exciting bits as well. They get back the defender numbers. They press extremely well as a unit. They are so athletic. Um, there's pictures of Leon Goretzka uh, running through my mind at the moment as he's uh, tripled in size and oh muscle volume. I don't know what the buy-in diet is, but it seems to be working pretty well. It's... And um, they're just amazing. They're amazing in pretty much every area. What I would just say to you is that, like, it does right now. It absolutely feels like a like a like a repeat, like a like another buy-in win. But again, so much changes and, and, and football is so cyclical and what Bayern have done throughout 2020 has worked really really well but it will only take one team to figure out something that works against them and everybody will follow suit and then they have to answer fresh questions and that can happen just like that and all of a sudden you're looking at a dramatically different team do you know how Liverpool just kind of hit the skids in about February and they lost like three out of four games they lost to Atletico Madrid it's amazing how quickly this stuff shifts and it just takes one manager to find the answer and just display it to everybody else, and then another manager just to copy and just follow suit, and things can change so diff- so so rapidly. So I'm with you. I think Bayern, as it stands, I think Bayern will win the Champions League. But <laughs> someone's just going to find an answer somewhere, and they'll drop off five percent, and something will change. That's such a good point. I mean, that that's so true. I, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even. No, we have to think about last year in the final. Whenever they played PSG, that was Neymar was doing pretty good, but Mbappe was really nowhere to be found. So. Mm-hmm. We could see also, like, like Bayern last year, like this time last year, Bayern were rubbish. Yeah, like I, I keep, I always talk about it, but like, I was at the game that Niko Kovac got fired in um, when they lost to Frankfurt five one, and they were awful, like absolutely awful, defensively awful, attacking wise awful. Lewandowski was keeping them afloat all through the start of that season, and that day they were absolutely terrible. And Niko Kovac got fired the next day, and. You know, the caretaker manager comes in. The assistant, Hansi Flick, who the hell's that? Oh, I don't know, he was the assistant coach of the World Cup for Germany. No one really knew much about him. And then three months later, they're the best team on earth. And it's, again, it's just amazing to think back to quite literally this, t- this time last year, Bayern were a mess. And now they're the best team undisputed in the world. And they're the European champions, and we think, we think they're going to do a repeat. That's just to have a home at how quickly things can change, for good mm. or for worse. That's true. And... I also think that's a great point to leave off on for this episode. Um, so thank you, Sam, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. It's great to have the Rank God on our podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate the invite. All right, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode Sunday where we will be ranking our top ten strikers in the Premier League.